Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. It's always an honor and a privilege to be able to uh, minister here at Island Church. I I take this very serious, and so it's a blessing to uh, just share the Word with you tonight. Amen? And uh, I've been a part of Island Church now since December of 01. And so I kind of came kicking and screaming, <laughs> but uh, we made it over, praise God, and the rest is history, amen? So it's been a blessing. I've been a part of um, Rusty Martin Ministries since about 90, about 96, 95, 96, well, anyway. And I actually, I actually, I was thinking about this not too long ago. Uh, I used to attend Pastor Robert Dowdy's church school back 83, 84, and um I never forget on, on Wednesdays, he, we would eat lunch and then we'd go over to the sanctuary to have a little church service. And so I never forget, we, we'd go in there one day and we're sitting down and I said, I would have been 10 years old, yeah. 83. And um, I never forget, here comes a, a minister coming in to minister to us. Now it would have been 84, 84. Here comes a minister to come in to minister to us and it was Pastor Rusty Martin. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> He come in there and ministering to us, and so I thought that was a blessing. And to know, thirty some years later, I'd be a part of the church and all that good stuff. So, Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, let's just open up in prayer real quick, and then let's get into the Word. Amen. Father, we thank you that we can come to you tonight, Lord. Thank you that we have eyes to see and ears to hear what you have to say to us through the Word of God. Thank you that your anointing is upon me to minister your Word, Father. They came to hear you, Lord, in Jesus' name. So I thank you, Father, as I've studied and done my part, that I can relay the message uh, to them. And I thank you as I walk this Word out, that you're encouraging me, Father, as I walk this out, Father, by faith. So we thank you for your blessings, uh, the blood of Jesus, uh, just everything that you've done for us. We just thank you, Father, for it right now and give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, I just want to, we're going to read out of 1 John chapter 4. So if you want to go there, 1 John chapter 4. <clears throat> Let me just say something. I wasn't planning on doing this, but amen. I wasn't expecting him to be here. I, I noticed Brother Allen uh, came from, from Nicaragua. And uh, I just wanted to say, you know, Brother Allen has been a, uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> Amen. Uh, just a tremendous uh, uh, blessing in my life. Uh, one thing that he did for me uh, March of 1996 is he brought me into the jail ministry. And it's just been such a blessing in my life. And I'll never forget him bringing me in there. We ushered together at Abundant Life. And so he's just always been a mentor and a, and a brother to me and the Lord. And, as I was driving up to, uh, to church, I saw him getting out. I said, well, I thought he was in Nicaragua. But I talked to him at prayer. And I said, well, you, know, you know, praise God. You know, I know he didn't want to come back early, but I'm glad you're here, brother. I love you. Amen. Jesus' name, hallelujah. So I just want to say that, amen. amen. Thank God for mentors and the big brothers in the Lord. Amen. amen. Praise God. Uh, well, First John chapter 4, I just want to uh, share some things tonight, something that I'm walking through, something that God's been speaking to me about is knowing the perfect love of God for your life. Amen? Knowing God's perfect love for your life. You know, one thing that I've, I've seen and realized that 
and I want to say this throughout this message, that love, there's nothing that love cannot fix in your life. Amen. You want to be prosperous? Walk in love. Amen. You want to be healed? Walk in love. You want, to, you want to have a long life? Walk in love. You want to be delivered from drugs and alcohol? Walk in love. There's nothing that love cannot uh, uh, fix in your life. Amen? Amen? You know, the Bible says in, in Galatians that faith worketh by love. You, you know, you can't use your faith without love. Amen. Praise God. So, again, I want to relay that to you tonight, knowing that Jesus loves you. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I know that, Brother Danny. That's good. No, Jesus loves you. Amen. He loves me. And he says, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Now listen, what I speak on tonight, don't kind of take it for granted like, well, okay, I know that. Listen to what I'm saying because it's helping me discover a lot of things in myself when it comes to fears, anxieties. It's helping me to realize and understand God's perfect love and where I need it in my life in situations and areas that, that I'm not walking um, these things out in love. Okay? So again... Jesus loves us. He died for us, shed his blood for us. And we need to understand this. And in verse 7, it says this, chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So the first part, beloved, let us love one another. Okay. And then it says at the very end, uh, 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 love, the, if you love, if you're born of God, and you know with God. Now, as I go to the, I go to the jail, like, like we were talking, and Alan goes on Monday nights, and as I go to minister to these, these guys, the issue in the county jail is not salvation. 99.9% of, of these guys are saved. <laughs> Y'all all saved? Men say, okay, you know that Jesus is the Lord of your life. You know that Jesus is the Son of God. He was raised from the dead. We know it. That's not an issue. But just because they're born again and saved doesn't mean that they have a relationship with the Lord. Amen. I can't expect those guys to walk in all this love towards me. They, they're saved. I mean, how does a person uh, go to death row right before they're fixing to put the needles in them and receive Jesus and go to heaven? Well, first of all, it's the love of God, but it doesn't mean that they knew God. But they knew enough what Romans 10, 9, and 10 said to confess to them out, believe in your heart, you'll be saved. So... If he says this, let us love one another, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So that means relationship. Reading your Bible. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Relationship is how you know God. Amen. Now listen, again, don't take this for granted because there's a lot of people that don't, that don't do this. <laughs> Amen. It's through relationship is how you build and know God through relationship. When you met your wife, when you met your, your husband, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you had to build relationship up through uh, communication. And as that communication, that trust, and that love uh, formed. Amen? Amen? But then it says, Beloved, let us love one another. So how did, how, if I were to say, hey, look, we need to love one another. We need to love one another. Guys in the day, we need to love one another. People in the world, we need to love one another. But how do you love one another when you don't know God's perfect love in your life? How are you supposed to show love when you don't even know God's perfect love in your own life? Well, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm in the church. I'm here like the paint on the wall. But it doesn't mean you know the love of God. You see, how do you know? I've been there. <laughs> Amen. 
it doesn't mean you know the love of God. So you can't walk up to a heroin addict when he's coming down off of heroin and say, hey, uh, let me tell you something. If you just say no to drugs, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's a little bit deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same way. You can't just come out and say, hey, Lord, just love. Just love everybody. Well, if she doesn't know the perfect love of God in her life, how does she show love? Verse 8, it says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So we know that people in the world that are not born again and saved, we know that that love's not working. That's an automatic. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. So what did, what did God do? He gave His only begotten Son for us. He gave. We were His enemies. We were against Him, and He gave Jesus to come to the earth to shed His blood, just like uh, Brother Danny was talking about on Sunday. Stripes placed upon His back, Romans 53, verses 5. Wounded for our transgressions. They, they nailed Him to a cross, naked in front of His mother. They bruised Him for his, our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Depression, oppression, suicide. And by the stripes placed on Jesus' back, we are healed and made whole. They ripped His back open 39 times. Why? Because He loved us. He gave His life for us. When you walk in love, it's always about the other person. It's always about other people. Give, giving, giving yourself. Listen, love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says God is love. God's not a feeling. God's not an emotion. He's love. So, I met this girl the other day. Oh, I fell in love with her six months later. I don't want to be with her anymore. That's not love. <laughs> that's an emotion. Lust. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's, but that's what the world calls love. No, love is a choice, loving people when, when they don't need to be loved, when they don't deserve to be loved. Amen. I like what Pastor Rusty said. He probably said this about 10 years ago, and it always stuck with me. I use it in the jail a lot. How much he loves us. If I were to walk out of this church tonight, get in my truck and say, you know what, I'm done. I've ministered, I've, I've ushered, I'm, I'm, I've been there 16 years, see you later, I'm done. Lord, you know, I don't really, and this is hypothetical now, so don't take this personal. But if I were to say, Lord, you know, I just don't see anything. I don't see these people doing anything. I don't see them praying. I don't see them reading the Word. I don't see anything. I'm, I'm leaving. And let's say the Lord, you know, Danny, as I look down the, the portal of time, I see the same thing. I don't really see anything. He would say this. First of all, I said in my Word in Psalms 89, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that's gone out of my mouth. So I told you I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Just like I did for you, I'm going to do for them. I tell the guys that's in the jail all the time. So what I want you to do is, I want you to keep on going back. I want you to keep on ushering. I want you to keep on being a blessing. And you do it until the day I come back or to the day you die. Amen. But you say, God, you'll never get nothing out of them. Doesn't matter. Keep doing it. Now the natural mind doesn't understand that. Because we, we base it on, you do for me, I'll do for you. You do me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong. It's a choice. 
He, he'll love us to the ends of the earth, even if he gets, even if he knows in advance, he'll get nothing out of us. Verse 9, in this was manifest the love of God towards us because the God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that, we, not that we love God, but that He loved us. Sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one to another. Now, Remember the, 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 the Last Supper. Jesus is breaking bread with the disciples. And if you read that, I don't, I don't remember in the Bible reading where he said, now look, I'm fixing, I'm fixing, I'm going to the cross. I'm fixing to start this journey. And man, I really need y'all's prayers. I really need you to help me. I need y'all to gird me up because I'm fixing to go through something pretty hard. I just need y'all to help me. He didn't do that. What happened, what happened that night at the, at, the, at the breaking of the bread there? What did he do? He washed their feet. <laughs> he said, I'm fixing to go to the cross. Now I'm going to get down. I'm going to wash y'all's feet. Say what? We're supposed to be helping you. We're supposed to be praying for you. Now I'm going to wash your feet because I'm fixing to go to the cross. I'm going to still give to you and humble myself even though I'm fixing to go to this journey. Why? Because it's a choice. Well, you don't know what people have done to me. You don't know how hard they've been. You don't know what they've said. Doesn't matter. It's not an emotion. It's not, it's, it's not a feeling. It's a choice. Jesus died on the cross for us. We didn't deserve it. But He came to heaven and died for us. We didn't deserve it. Amen? Amen. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man hath sinned God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Amen? You ought to start seeing some kind of love or some kind of something going on in your life when you get born again and saved. Sometimes they'll ask me in church, hey, I mean in jail, well, hey, how do you know, you know some, somebody's really saved and all that? Well, you know, I can be a fruit inspector. I can't judge. But, you know, if somebody gets saved and, you know, 20 years later, it's the same things going on, <laughs> you, know, so, you know, come on now. I mean, I, you know, I'm not seeing much fruit, but I'm not going to judge you, but we should see some kind of fruit, something. <laughs> you still doing the same thing, thinking the same way, all that? Well, you know, you might want to get back on your knees and ask God, did I really get saved? I can remember being uh, from, uh, okay, thir from those teenage years up to about 18 years old. I can remember I got saved when I was 13 and doing wrong and knowing and being convicted that this isn't right. Even though I was, you know, wasn't doing some nice things, I knew, man, this isn't right, Dan. You, you don't need to be doing this. I had that conviction. That's why I knew. And I can remember Pastor Dowdy teaching us in that Bible school, teaching us, I mean, in that, in that little church school there, singing them church songs that they would play back and, and play back. So that's how I knew God was doing something. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> For it says in 13, Hereby we know that we dwell in Him and in He in us because He hath given us His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Amen. 
So whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known or we have experienced love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So here's the situation, experienced. Have you experienced God's love? Now we can say, yeah, yeah, I've, I've experienced God's love. But have you experienced it enough to where it's growing and growing and growing in you to where, and we're going to get into it here just in a minute, where fears and anxieties, hesitations, all those kind of things are leaving your life. you got to gauge it. I mean, you can fool everybody around you, but inside if it's not leaving, something's wrong. I love you. I love people. That's great. But here's the thing. That stuff needs to be dissipating in you if you're walking truly in the love of God and you understand His perfect love towards you. Okay? Do you understand His perfect love towards you? That He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And we have known or experienced and believed the love that God hath to us. We've got to have that revelation. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He died for me. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. There's nothing I can't do. Fear, doubt, unbelief will not run my life. I'll face fear. I'll go through things that are not uncomfortable. I'll love people that don't love me back. But it's all going to come through, do I know that He loves me? And I'll love people when I know that He loves me and I understand that. My faith can work when I walk in that love. Listen, I, I had to do inventory on all this. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I had to do inventory. Still doing inventory. Verse 17. Herein that love, that our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. For there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. And I used to hear that scripture and think, what does fear and love have anything to do with one another? There is no fear in love. Perfect love casteth out fear. So when you understand God's perfect love for your life, fear is casted out. Fear what, Brother Danny? Well, fear to do whatever He calls you to do in your destiny. Well, I don't know if I, want, I, don't know if I can trust Him. Well, then you have fear in that area of your life. It needs to be casted out. Amen. You have fear in that area. Healing in your body. Well, I don't know if I trust God to heal my body. You have fear there. It needs to be casted out. You need to know the perfect love of God for your life in that area. Finances. I know I need to tithe an author, but man, I'm just scared. That's fear in your life. It has not been casted out. Why? Because you don't understand the perfect love of God for your life. Every dimension. Getting along with people. 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and he that feareth has not been made perfect in love. So do an inventory. Where do I have anxieties? Where do I have fears in my life? Where do I have issues trusting? Amen? And in those areas, that's where you know i got to work on that because I don't, I don't have a revelation of God's perfect love in that area of my life. Listen, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. I'm, I'm not all the way there. I still got, I got, still got things I got to deal with. I got things, even God showed me today. You know, this is one of those things you're going to have to trust me. You're, you're, you're getting outside of that, and you got to know I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I love you. I have a perfect love towards you. There's no reason to have anxiety. There's no reason to have fear. No reason to get down over this thing. Just know I love you, Amen. and I'm going to take care of it. And He did. Amen. He did. <clears throat> so we got healing, deliverance of any kind of addictions, long life in your mind, prosperity. Did you know that not knowing the perfect love of God for your life and not letting it manifest out of you, did you know that not walking in love can bring sickness and disease to your body? Amen. Amen. You say, well, man, you know, you know. There's different ways of it happening. Let's talk about self-esteem, self-confidence. That's another thing that love can fix. You don't have a good self-esteem. I don't have a good self-confidence. What happens with people that don't have good self-confidence and good self-esteem? They get real envious. They get real jealous. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Knowing God's perfect love in your life will set you free from gossip, backbiting, and working wrong to your neighbor. Why do you backbite? Why do you gossip? Don't know the perfect love of God for your life. So you reach out on other people. Envious, jealousy, strife. I don't like what they did to me. Doesn't matter. I don't, I don't think this is right. Doesn't matter. It's a choice. You don't go by your feelings. You don't go by your emotions. And a lot of people don't understand that. Well, I'm praying the healing scriptures. I'm praying this. I'm reading the word. But it just doesn't seem like my body's being healed. Are you walking in love? Or are you tearing people up with your mouth? Does everybody understand what the Bible says when it says, don't work with wrong to your neighbor? I was listening to Kenneth Hagin um, and uh, he said that uh, one time he was going out to uh, California, this was back in the 50s, to minister uh, uh, several meetings. And this pastor told him to come on out. He said for the day it was a big church. Promised him a bunch of money. He said, we got the money in the bank. Come on, we're going to bless you. He said he went out there, preached several days. The meetings were over. Uh, pa the pastor gave him a check, and it wasn't near the amount that it was supposed to be. And he was in California. I mean, he's got to drive back. And so... He said, you know, he knew better not to, not to deal with the pastor. Don't go up and confront him. He knew better. Leave him alone. God will deal with him. He, knew, he knows what he told me. He didn't do it. I'll let God deal with him. 
But he was wanting to, on the way back to, for, to, to Texas, he was wanting to, you know, stop in at a, at a, you know, a hotel and stay overnight. And it was a long trip, especially back in the, in the 50s, you can imagine. And so anyway, he said, but he knew a guy that was in the church, and he knew the guy was pretty well off, and he was going to approach him and ask him, hey, brother, can you help me, you know, can you help me with a, with a little money just to help me get back home? And he said, the Lord stopped him and said, don't do that. He says, if you do that, you're going to work wrong towards that pastor. You think about it, you walk up to the guy and say, hey, uh, you know, you mind if I can have a little money? Well, what do you mean? You just preached for us, didn't you get an offering? Well, yeah. Well, what happened? Well, you know, I mean, I got a hundred bucks. You mean to tell me the pastor only gave you a hundred dollars for preaching in our church? What have you done? How does he view the pastor now? You've worked wrong towards that man. And so now that's how he views him. You've got to be real careful not to work wrong to your neighbor. Just because you're upset because somebody did something and they, they rubbed you the wrong way doesn't mean that you go tell 20 people about it and work wrong towards that person because now you've got all these people looking at that person in a wrong way. You've got to be careful. So he didn't do it. Lord stopped him. He says, okay, I'm not going to do it. He said this. I thought this was very interesting, but, you know, this is Kenneth Hagin. He said, I didn't do it because I didn't want to open myself up for sickness on the way back from California to Texas. Now, you think about that and you think, really? Is it that serious? <laughs> is that serious? Affliction. Health in your body. These are important things that we got to understand. And here's the thing. It's knowing God's perfect love so you don't have to do those things anymore. We don't have to talk bad about people anymore. We, we can love them. We can uplift them. doesn't matter what they do to you. Because why? God, love, is a, love is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Now listen, this is a discipline. There's times that you talk to people. I know I've been there. And every time Fred comes up, they, they bash Fred. So, you know, you kind of come up, you just want to come, well, hey, uh, how's Fred doing? Like, well, I just want to know how he's doing. When you know good and well, when they bring Fred up, they're going to tear him up. There's been times I was going to do that, and the Lord said, don't ask about that person, because you know exactly what's going to happen when you bring him up. And there's times my flesh, he will bring him up, bring him up. I just want to hear, bring him up. You've been there. It happens. You know, hey, how's Sally doing? <laughs> oh, okay, I just want to ask you doing. So, you know, how, how's Billy doing? <laughs> when you know good and well what you're doing, you want to hear the latest scoop. But when you do that, you're gossiping and you're working wrong towards them. I did that oh, it was during Christmas. <laughs> I, was <at> a, <laughs> I was at my uncle's house he, and, uh, for Christmas over here in Galveston. And his, uh, my cousin Trey, is uh, he's kind of... He's a big guy. He's kind of wild, and he, he just, he'll just tell you how, what he thinks. And so I brought this one. Say, hey, this guy lives down over here. Uh, it's uh, your neighbor. I, I, know, I know your name. So I said, hey, I said, you know, all right, let me tell you something about that blankety blank. I'll tell you right now about that. I'm thinking, oh, what have I done? I said, why did I bring this guy up? I knew I, knew I shouldn't have done it. What did I do? I worked wrong towards that guy. Doesn't matter if he's not serving God. Doesn't matter if he's not saved. You're working wrong towards him. You knew not to do it. Keep your mouth closed. Amen? So these are things we have to look out for. 
For there is no fear in love, but perfect love will cast out that fear. Because fear hath torment. How do you get through it? You're just going to have to face it. And you're just going to have to prove God's love in your life. You said, Brother Danny, it's too hard. Hey, listen, I've had to face some things, especially in this last year and a half that hadn't been easy. But you're just going to have to do it to prove God's love in your life. You can't keep sweeping it underneath the carpet and underneath the carpet and think it's just going to go away because it's not. You're going to have to face it. I don't care. I say this all the time in the class. I don't care if your hair is standing straight up on your head, your knees are knocking, your teeth are chattering. You've got to go through it. You have to do it. Because if not, it's not going to come to pass and it's just going to keep going and going and going. And one day, like Pastor Rusty said, um, I think it was three weeks ago, when he talked about um, fear produces rebellion. Oh, well, the Lord understands. I know He told me to do it, but I don't want to do it. That's rebellion. Well, I know, but the Lord's, Lord, He understands my heart and it'll be okay. No, don't fool yourself. You're not doing it. It's rebellion. I mean, I mean, what would have happened if, if uh, when uh, Jairus, you know, when he went through that deal with, with his daughter and, and saw the, 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 the widow woman, uh, or the, um, which, which one was it, the widow woman, or the, the woman with the issue of blood? Goes through that whole ordeal, gets to the very end. They come and say, hey, don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. Jesus says, uh, fear not, only believe, she shall be made whole. But what if Jairus would have said, I'm not doing any of that. I'm mad, I'm angry. You should have went to my daughter's house earlier. That's not right. He's crying, going crazy. Well, Jesus would have said, well, okay, you know, I know your heart's right, man. And I, I know you're in a bad place. I'm just going to go heal your daughter, raise her from the dead, and bring her back to you. But see, that's the way we think. A lot of people think now, especially uh, 2018, the mentality of people. He wouldn't have done that. He would have said, hey, look, uh, uh, let me know when the funeral date is, is uh, coming. I'll be happy to attend it. Because you're not in faith. You've chose to believe and let fear and doubt enter into your heart. Therefore, I can't do anything with that. What did he say to Peter when he walked on the water? He said, hey, where's your faith at? The Bible says that he reached over and picked him up. Which means Peter sunk right in front of him. <laughs> he said, I mean, if you're going to sink, sink 40 feet away from me. Don't sink right in front of me. <laughs> Amen. You know, good night. He says, where is your faith? Disciples in the boat, the same thing. They let fear get in. Where is your faith? He didn't pat them on the back and say, hey, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm real proud of you guys for what you've done. But I think that's what we look for through these things because of the fact that, number one, we're not having a revelation of His perfect love. And again, because of no relationship, apathy, complacency, we're not pushing in, therefore we don't know it. And we just make excuses about it. And You, you know, you can do that as all you, all you want, but here's the thing. You're never going to reach your fullest potential, and you're never going to get through these obstacles. If you don't learn, you're going to have to walk through these things and understand His perfect love and walk that love out in your life to do the true ministry that God has for you, whether it's in the secular world or whether it's in the five-fold ministry. I mean, uh, I mean how, what have you been, 30 years, 30-something years in the county jail now, Alan? And, and going on all these years, and I tell these guys, I say, you know, so we come in here, it's not because we're getting paid. 
It's not because, you know, you know, uh, you know, they pat us on the back. We come here because the love of God is in us and we just want to minister the gospel to you. Because a lot of times those guys are going, man, you've been coming in here that long? Wow, what, what keeps you in here? Because they look at each other like, you know, <laughs> we're nothing. But I tell those guys, listen, this is what it's all about. To show the love of God to you because God showed the love of God to me. That's what keeps me in here. To shed that love into, into win souls and to let you know you are worth something. But I want to show that love more and more as God's love is being perfected in me. And that fear is leaving. Fear is leaving. I can produce and do more. We're believing God for $5 million in this church. God wants to bring $5 million through this congregation. But listen, if you don't know God's perfect love in your life, how are you going to do what He tells you to do by faith to receive your part of it? Because it's not just going to drop in your lap. Amen. You're going to have to do something by faith, something different to go to a new level for that type of blessing to come upon you to do what God wants you to do. Amen. Amen. It might be in your giving. It might be through a step of faith uh, somewhere here in the church. I don't know what it is, but you're going to have to trust God and His perfect love for you to be able to do it so you can get into it and get involved with this thing to see this thing come to pass. He wants to bring this through the church, but it's going to take faith to get it. And you're going to have to know His perfect love in order to receive it and to do what He's telling you to do. Because it's going to take faith. <laughs> it's going to take faith. Well, I think God will just you know, drop it in my lap and I think it'll hit. Well, no, there's going to be some steps of faith that you're going to have to make. And again, the question is, do I trust Him or, or don't I? Amen? We love Him, verse 19, because He first loved us. He gave His life for us. He loved us, shed His blood. And He wants you to experience that love and that trust. And I know there's some things, you know, and my own self and, and people in here that you've gone through some things, you've seen some things, you've some hurts, some pains. And I just want to take a few minutes because I believe it's important. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.